Thanks, Dad. I am stoked to be bringing the word today and uh, just welcome everyone to church this morning. I know that uh, some of you are uh, watching this from Mountains Church. I'm really excited to be preaching to you guys, but also excited because I very rarely get the opportunity to preach to our other churches. So I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, I just wanted to welcome everyone to a tradition uh, that Mountains do, and that is Ugg Boot Sunday. It's official. I think it's cold enough to call it. Uh, Ugg Boot Sunday commences now for the rest of winter. So if you're not wearing your Ugg Boots, go put them on. If you don't have Ugg Boots, make sure you get some. I'm sure it's an essential reason to travel. Maybe not. I have no idea. Uh, Go and get some for next Sunday because it's the best way to do church. And usually uh, half the people that come to church are wearing Ugg Boots and uh, really excited about it. So I've got a bit of a game this morning. Uh, kids uh, that are watching the service with us at home, with their parents and, and you know, their families, uh, I want you to go, and, and parents can do this too, or housemates or husband or wife, whatever, go and grab two Bibles, okay? Uh, two paper Bibles if you have them. If you don't have two paper Bibles, you might need to think about that. Go get two phones or devices that you can get the Bible on and get them ready, okay? Uh, so I'm giving you now to get them ready and we're going to be doing that a little bit later. So I'll talk about the reason why soon, but go get two Bibles ready. You know, something uh, that Mountains Church, that we've been doing this year and we're really passionate about is um, at the last Sunday of every month, we're not meeting together at all. We don't do a service, we don't do anything. Uh, some people like to just stream this service here at Hawkesbury. And, uh, but what, what the rest of us do is we, we go and bless our community on the last Sunday of every month. So we were pretty bummed last Sunday that uh, we weren't able to do that uh, because of, you know, the lockdowns, everything like that. We've postponed it until we're able to do that again. Uh, but, you know, it's just been something amazing for us. I think it, it does something possibly more for us than it does for our community. Uh, but we just want to be a blessing to our community. So we're still working, working out how that works really well and, and uh, finding some ways that, that we can really tap in and engage with our community and just bless them like Jesus would bless them. Uh, and so uh, I just wanted to uh, just say, church, you know, we're looking forward to doing that again at the end of the month. Um, I know Hawkesbury's been doing something similar, um, helping their community uh, throughout the community. Isn't it great that we can be a blessing? You know, just because we we aren't allowed to uh, leave our homes for non-essential reasons, it doesn't mean we can't continue to be a blessing to our community. Perhaps we can't do organised events as a church or, uh, you know, that kind of thing, but we can still bless people. We can say hello to our neighbour across the, uh, you know, over the fence or, uh, you know, the lady at the grocery store who we're checking out with. You know, we can bless those people and in 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 our day-to-day interactions, we can bless people. Uh, Because the truth is the church organisation is amazing and we're really good at doing this. Uh, but individually, as Christians and believers, that's where the responsibility, sh- responsibility should stand. Uh, that we as Christians and ambassadors for Jesus Christ would just be a blessing to people as we meet them. So I want to encourage you to continue to do that through COVID. All right, so this, I hope you've got your Bibles ready. We're not up to that yet, but I hope you're sitting down and you've got them ready to go. You know, I recently heard a story uh, and it was about this lady, uh, she was in the UK, I believe, and she went uh, to an ATM to withdraw uh, around $20, right? And so she's there, she's withdrawing her $20, she must have needed to go shopping or to do something, I don't know, it's not, a, it's not a huge sum of money. Anyway, so she gets to the ATM, she inserts her card, she's selecting how much money, all that kind of thing, and up comes her balance. And for some reason, she has no idea why, almost a billion dollars is on her screen as her balance on her ATM. And I heard this news story, right? And I thought, isn't that amazing 
God, I just see, I was praying to God, I just see how you bless some people. Now bring some of that my way. You know, I, I don't know if you've, during this pandemic or during, uh, you know, what's going on right now around the world and, you know, the inconveniences and the frustrations and, you know, everything that goes, goes on with, with what we're going through right now. I don't know if you've been praying and feeling like your prayers aren't being answered. Uh, if you're anything like me, perhaps you're like, God, where is my blessing? God, where, where is my inheritance as a, as a son or a daughter of Jesus, uh, of God the Father and, and a co-heir with Jesus? And maybe you've prayed the thought or you've thought the thought, uh, why aren't my prayers being answered? And that's the title of my message today. Why aren't my prayers being answered? You know, sometimes we pray for finances or relationships or mental health or physical health or, uh, you know, sometimes, you, you know, the list goes on. I, I could name a thousand things that you've possibly prayed for uh, over the years. And for some reason, God doesn't respond to them the way we want him to sometimes. In fact, a lot of the time. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And I want to just unpack some truths in the Bible about prayer and perhaps why that might be. Matthew chapter 7, verse 9 to 11, you may have quoted this, right? Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? You know, I used to know a, uh, a pastor who, every time we go fishing together, would quote this verse. And he'd say, Father, your word says if we pray for a fish, you'll give us a fish. And uh, I very rarely caught a fish with him. So I don't know if that has anything to say about that. So maybe you read a verse like this, right? And you think to yourself, why aren't my prayers being answered? Where's my blessing? You know, I'm asking, you know, God, where's my fish? Where's my bread? And I feel like I'm getting stones and snakes. Uh, and so I want to talk about a new kingdom approach to prayer. You know, in, the, in a, in a world-centered kingdom or a me-centered kingdom where I'm the king of my kingdom, right? Because that's, I guess, the antithesis to what a new kingdom is. Uh, the me-centered kingdom, me being the king of my kingdom, says that prayer is a tool that grants me the desires of my heart. See, that's what a, a selfish, me-centered kingdom looks like. God, I'm going to use this tool called prayer in order to give me the things that I'm desiring, right? But I believe that a new kingdom way of thinking about prayer, and, and you know, this kingdom where Jesus is the king and he operates as the center of the kingdom, that prayer aligns my life with the will of God. It's a different way of thinking about prayer. And I want to walk through that with you today and just talk about what that could really mean for our lives. Because I think, you know, just studying this verse um, over the, the last couple of weeks and really thinking about, God, what do you want me to speak about? He's really transformed the way I see prayer. And I hope he can do that for you too. So I want to walk through today three things. What the Bible says about prayer. Uh, how the Holy Spirit helps us to pray, because He does. It's part of His role as Holy Spirit. And, um, and most importantly, how God answers our prayers. So have you got your Bibles and you're ready? All right, so we're going to have a competition. So I want you to split the house into two, two groups, okay? So you might have kids at home, um, maybe two kids, two parents or whatever. Split the house into two groups, okay? We're going to do one group versus the other group. One Bible per group. I've got my scripture here for today. And the first person to find the verse wins, all right? This is in-home competition. You can message me later to let me know who won. All right. 
So get your Bibles ready, your phones ready, whatever you've got. Okay, we're in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 28. All right, get there. The race is on. Now, I'm not going to start until you tell me you've got it. No, I'm just kidding. Romans 8, 26 to 28. I'm just imagining frantically skimming through Bibles. I used to love doing this in kids' church. All right, I'm going to start reading it. You might still be finding it, and that's okay. Romans 8, verse 26 to 28 says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray or for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. You know, in these verses are a great lesson for every believer. The great lesson for every believer in in these verses is not what you might think it is. You know, I used to read this verse and, and think, okay, well, you know, the beginning here says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, Right? I'm reading from the ESV, by the way. Uh, If you're at home and you're reading a Bible and it it has slightly different words, just a different version. Um, But this is a good way. Hey, you're all checking to make sure I actually read my Bible. I'm not making this up. It's good. You know, I used to think weakness was the hard times in life we go through. Weakness was when we, uh, you know, we get let go from our job or weakness is when we... Uh, you know, have a relationship breakdown or weakness is when uh, you, you can't work because of an injury or you have no finances left. That's not what the weakness is that, the, that this verse is talking about. In, in fact, the verse starts with likewise. And so when a verse starts with likewise, we should read the verse before it, right? And perhaps the chapter before it and perhaps the whole book and then maybe the whole Bible just to be safe. And so likewise, the Spirit helps in our weakness. You know, the, the book of Romans is a lot talking about walking in the Spirit and walking in the flesh. And so when, we've, when we have a weakness, it's not the fact that we're going through a hard time. It's the fact that we're deciding to walk in the flesh. Sometimes it's because we're going through such a good time that, that we, all these good times and blessings distract us from God. I don't know about you, and uh, you know, I've, I've lived such an, an, an amazing blessed life, but, but when life gets at its very hardest for me, and I'm going through just such a tough time. I'm not struggling for things to ask God for. If anything, I have an abundance of them. I have a million great ideas about how God can make my life better. You know, he could, he could give me the billion dollars in the bank account. I mean, that'd be a great start. And, you know, whatever it is, whatever obstacle standing in my way, you know, I could pray, God, would you remove that? Um, and, and so this verse wouldn't make sense, you know, that in our weakness, where we do not know what to pray for. If that weakness is just going through a bad time, that, that doesn't make sense. So that's how I used to read this verse. And I was praying, God, what, how do I really read this verse? So the weakness that he's talking about is, is a weakness in our faith. See, it's when our flesh and desires overcome our, our will to live lives by the Spirit. Our difficulty isn't asking God for something. It's asking God for the right thing. Remember the wording here, it says, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. It's not that we don't know what to pray for. We have things to pray for. In 1 John 5, verse 14 to 15, it says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. You've probably heard this verse before, that if we ask anything, and people like to say this next part really fast, according to his will, he hears us. 
And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. You know, the secret isn't, isn't in uh, knowing to continue to ask God and knowing that He hears us. It's in asking God for God's will to be done. You notice that it doesn't say, uh, we don't know what to pray for or, or we don't know what would make us feel better in that Romans verse we read before. The phrasing here indicates that we don't know what we should be praying for. You know, God answers prayers that we don't pray. I think this is one of the phenomenal things about this verse and, and this thing that, uh, that we've just read. It says this, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. I love that verse, and I can tell you about a thousand times that I've quoted it wrong. I've quoted it out of context. Things are going the way I don't want them to go, and and so I pray, well, all things work together for good. So God, you better snap to it. That was your promise. You know, this is the, the, the best part of this verse. It doesn't matter when we stuff up. I can tell you a thousand times about times I've stuffed up. I can tell you a thousand times about times I've prayed for things that I shouldn't have prayed for or that I, uh, that I expected things from God that He was never going to provide because it wasn't best for me. And it does not matter because when you are called according to His purpose and you love God, He knows the prayers you ought to be praying. and says that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. We literally have a Holy Spirit who is interceding for us to the Father. He's the advocate for us to the Father. He's saying to the Father, hey, that Judah guy, you know, I know he's praying for the wrong things, but this is what he really needs. And this is where, this, you know, he really loves you and he's called according to your purpose. And we should, you know, we could really push him in the right direction if we gave him this. You have a Holy Spirit that's doing that for you. That's what it means to live in the new kingdom. When we live under this Jesus Christ, new kingdom, Christ as King, and we say, hey God, you know what? When we first give our lives to Him, we go, God, I just accept that You are my Saviour and You are my King and, and I know that You died for my sins and, and so I give my life over to You. We, we're saying, would You please pray and intercede for me that my life would turn out something like You want it to. You know, and the Father who looks at our hearts, you know, the, the Bible says in Hebrews that, that the, the Word of God is like a double-edged sword. You've heard that, right? Dividing between bone and marrow, et cetera, et cetera. And the last thing it says is, and discerning between the thoughts in your heart. You know, He, he looks at our hearts. He knows exactly what's in our hearts and He discerns the intentions of our hearts and the motivations of our hearts. And He works a plan for us to succeed. Now, sometimes I say that word succeed and you, you might potentially, like me, think about ways that success looks to you. It looks like driving a Tesla. Hallelujah. One day, maybe. I love Teslas. Uh, they're just super cool. Dad might use the example of a Ferrari, but mine's a Tesla, all right? So we'll both drive one of them one day, maybe. You know, it's not, not success like the world sees it. It's, it's maybe success doesn't necessarily look like that job promotion that you're wanting. Or maybe success doesn't necessarily look like the bigger house or the nicer things or, the, you know, whatever. Those things aren't bad, but that's not the success that God's most concerned with. You know, we look back on the Old Testament and we see times, you know, the, the way that we often see that God was working with someone through the Old Testament especially in the very Old Testament, uh, when we look at, you know, the, 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 before the 12 tribes of Israel were created, right? And, and those 12 people and, and the Jacob and Isaac and, and those guys. When we know that God's with them and Abraham, 
we see that they have an abundance of things. So, you know, their flocks are abounding and they have uh, a lot of resource and they have a lot of people on their side and they own a lot of land. I mean, even when you think about uh, Joseph, when he goes into jail in, in Egypt, uh, the way that we know that God was still with him was that he was successful. He's rising through the ranks. Uh, he's, get, he's gaining more favour with people. And so this is how we understand that people are successful in the Old Testament, especially uh, because God's with them and he blesses them with worldly blessings. These things are good. But when we come to the New Testament, we see a new way of thinking because this, this way of thinking that, uh, you know, for me to be successful, it looks like I'm really blessed. Well, remember, Jesus is at the temple and there's people there and they're pouring money into the giving plate, basically going, look how God's blessed my life, right? And they're really proud of it and they're really proud of themselves and they want everyone else to see that. And then there's a lady who gives her two little coins. And Jesus is so impressed with her. And we don't, you know, Jesus doesn't say, wow, those guys are so awesome. God's obviously with them and blessing them. He says, wow, she's so awesome. Look at her heart. So Jesus flips the narrative, right? He flips the narrative on its head. And this is his new kingdom way of seeing success. Uh, the, the Bible in the New Testament tells us to uh, count all as joy when you suffer persecution. Hang on a minute. I didn't see Abraham going, yes, the Lord is with me because I've lost everything. Abraham wasn't going, yes, the Lord is with me because I, I can't have a son. But the, but the New Testament, the new way of thinking, the new, the new covenant or new kingdom that we live in tells us that we should consider it blessed when these things happen to us. It doesn't make any sense. Success is his kingdom. It's living in his kingdom. So we've established that God answers prayer. I think we all know that as Christians, that God answers prayer. And we know that God works all things for good for us because we love Him and we're called according to His purpose. So today I want to talk about three ways that God actually answers prayer because they're not necessarily the way that we would expect God to answer them. So the first one is exactly what we'd expect, and that is that God gives us what we pray for. It's amazing, you know, we, we, we pray for something, we believe for something, God delivers on that and it's just incredible. I can tell you a time about, I was running the youth at Mountains Church and uh, we were teaching about prayer. And I just finished a teaching about prayer with all the youth and we split up into groups. This is in, the, in like the kind of downstairs area of um, Donna and Lance's house. And uh, anyway, so one of the young guys... Uh, ironically had just really hurt his knee uh, to the point where we had to carry him down the stairs to get to the um the meeting with us all so we could he could be a part of it all it was kind of hilarious it wasn't this big like you know stretcher through the roof moment it was just a funny thing but anyway so we, we carried him through i i talked about prayer and how god answers prayers and that he can heal us and uh anyway so this guy pipes up in the small group and says could you pray for my leg and uh and i'm like oh well i'd rather just teach about it not have to show you um so I was like, yeah, no, of course, yeah, we can pray for you. So we prayed for him and we were like, go walk around and see if, you know, if that's better. And he kind of limps around. He comes back, goes, no, nah, it's still really sore. So we prayed a second time. The whole group, all the boys praying for him. He gets up and he walks off for a second time and he comes back and he goes, no, nah, it's still limp. I'm like, okay, we'll pray a third time, all right? And, and this time we're going to pray. We're going to go, hey, God, you know, if you want to heal this, you can. Uh, and if you don't want to heal this, that's okay too. And so we prayed for it. We prayed that. And uh, I didn't even tell him to get up and go walk this time because I was like, you know what, we're just going to leave that up to God to, you know, do his thing. And so then I continued with the small group. Anyway, so he gets up and walks off. I didn't even notice. I'm just doing the small group. And anyway, he comes back down, sits next to me and goes, guys, my leg's all better. 
And I'm like, that's incredible. You know, God answers prayers when we pray to him exactly what we've asked for. Sometimes we ask for exactly God's will in our lives. You know, I can, I can tell you countless stories about times where what we ask for uh, from God, he gives it to us. And, and it's amazing. You know, just, just like that verse that uh, when we pray, we can be confident and know that he hears us. And if he hears us, that he'll give us what we ask. You know, the second way that, that God can answer prayers is giving us something completely different than what we've asked for. And often this isn't what we want at all. Uh, you know, let me tell you a bit of a story about this. And I promise you to preface this story, I'm a good father. Sorry, Megan, you're going to hear this story maybe for the first time. So the other day, uh, Megan was out. She was working on our house in Warramoo and I was a stay-at-home dad, love and life. And I was cooking dinner and Mercy was going to help me cook dinner. She loves cooking. Uh, she loves, especially eggs. She loves cooking eggs. Uh, but anyway, we weren't cooking eggs, we were cooking pasta. And so I've got her up on a chair at the bench with me and she's kind of just watching what I'm doing. And I've got uh, this boiling water on the hot plate. And I've told Mercy, hey, don't touch the boiling water. It's really hot. Don't touch the pot. It's really hot. She's like, don't touch, don't touch. Yep, she knows. Okay, sweet. And anyway, so I'm preparing, I'm cutting up stuff. And, uh, and then I look over and Mercy's got a fork and she's stirring the pot of pasta, right? And I looked at it and I'm like, that is the cutest thing I've ever seen that this little one-year-old stirring the pasta. And then she looks at me and she goes, I'm cooking. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And so I was like, she's fine. I was like, okay, but don't touch, okay? She's like, yep, don't touch. I was like, okay, don't touch the boiling water. Yeah, okay, don't touch. All right. And then... I kind of just keep going about my thing. I keep checking on it. You're not touching? No, not touching. Okay, good, good. Anyway, she pulls the fork out of the water at some point and touches the end of it with her hand. Well, of course, she burns her hand. And it got me thinking about how the Holy Spirit, sometimes we, we think we know what's good for us and, uh, and what would be great. It's kind of like what's nice for us versus what's good for us. Sometimes we pray for what's nice for us. Hey, God, it would be nice about a Tesla. Maybe that's not good for me. And God knows what's actually good for me. What would be nice for Mercy is to join her dad in cooking and it'd be so nice to watch her, you know, learn how to cook pasta in the pot. And maybe, you know, definitely there will come a time in her life where she will learn how to cook her own dinner, right? But not when she's a one-year-old. And so what's nice for us to do might not always be what's good for us to do. And so when we pray for things, God's not going to give us something that's nice for us that's bad for us. Does that make sense? Martin Luther puts it this way, and I've got to tell you, I love this quote from Martin Luther. Um, on a commentary on this, uh, this chapter in Romans, he says this, Those who have the Holy Spirit do not despair, but have faith when they see that the very opposite of what they asked for happens to them. Let me say that one more time for you, just to let that sink in. Those who have the Holy Spirit do not despair, but have faith when they see that the very opposite of what they asked for happens to them. Can I tell you that sometimes God, believe it or not, knows what you need more than you. Just like I know what's good for mercy more than mercy knows what's good for her, so and infinitely more does God know what's good for us more than we know what's good for us. And sometimes God gives us something completely different to what we ask of Him in prayer. And we're left sitting there going, God, why aren't you answering my prayers? Why aren't my prayers being answered? 
And it can be frustrating and it can be like, God, you know, does this prayer thing even work? Does God even listen to our prayers? What's the point of prayer? But we've got to remember in Romans chapter 8 how it says, but the, you know, we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. He's like, he's like running interception. He, he's kind of the communicator guy. He's like, he, he's the Chinese whispers, but he changes it in a good way, right? So you tell him what you want and he runs it over to God and goes, hey, look, Judah wants this, but what he needs is this. So we're going to get him this. And God goes, gotcha, and gets him what I need. You know, this is, that's the Holy Spirit's role in our lives that he knows what's good for us, not just what's nice for us. You know, I, I used to love... Um, uh, ben Prevo, he may not even remember this, but in a sermon he preached when he was youth pastor here, uh, he said, niceness is not a gift of the Spirit. And I thought, isn't that great? You know, niceness, you know, the promise of niceness in our life isn't, isn't, a, isn't a promise that the Holy Spirit gives us, but, but goodness is. You know, the third way that God answers prayer is that he gives us nothing at all. Gee, that can be a harsh reality sometimes. That we're praying for something, we're asking God for something, we're believing in faith, we're standing in faith. Sometimes we stake our faith on our prayer, and that's a mistake. I've done that before. And nothing, nothing shows up. Do you remember that scene from uh, Evan Almighty? If you've seen it, great movie. If you haven't, chuck it on after this, not during. And, uh, and there's the God character played by Morgan Freeman, who's going to say this far better than I could. Uh, but he says... Uh, if, if we ask God for patience, do you think he's going to zap us with patience or is he going to put us in positions in our life where we could learn patience? If we ask him for happiness, will he zap us with warm, fuzzy feelings for each other or will he give us uh, opportunities in order to learn how to be happy? Sometimes God giving us nothing at all actually is better for us than giving us what we want. You know, I remember uh, when I was pretty young, I was probably about 12 years old, uh, no, probably younger, maybe around 10 years old, and uh, grandma died of motor neuron disease. And uh, you've heard this story before if you've been part of our church for a long time, and uh, I'm sure mum's spoken about it uh, many times, and it just didn't seem fair, and it didn't line up with our faith or our theology on healing or God's power or prayer or promise. I mean, none of these things seemed to marry up or line up with each other, and it just didn't make sense. It, it didn't seem right. And, and she, she passed away. She died. And we had lots of people coming over, and they're saying, uh, you know, all these different things and prophesying that you're going to be well by this time and, uh, or saying, you know, there's some unrepentant sin that she hasn't repented from and, and all these kind of things. Can I tell you this? This is a truth that you need to learn. It's very important. That just because bad things happen to you doesn't mean you're getting punished for doing a bad thing. You do realise Jesus took all of that punishment. And if you don't think that he did a good enough job, then we have completely different faiths, right? God took the punishment for our sins. So God doesn't sit there punishing us for something. He sure, he sure does discipline us to move us in the right direction, but he doesn't punish us. There's a difference. Anyway, so she dies of motor neuron disease. And, and still to this day, I cannot tell you why God did not heal her. Why would God not heal her? She's an amazing woman of faith. She was incredible. She's my grandma. I didn't, you know, I have memories of her and, and uh, fond memories of her, but I didn't get to continue to build them. And God, that doesn't seem fair. It doesn't, that doesn't seem nice for me. Uh, but perhaps God knows what's best. And, and you know what? God did heal her on the other side of eternity. She doesn't have motor neuron disease anymore. 
And so the building of our faith and, and knowing that, you know, even through tough times and when God seemingly doesn't give us what we ask for, that he's still God, that we still live in the kingdom and he's still the king of it. You know, sometimes God, God gives us exactly what we pray for and sometimes something completely different comes our way, but sometimes it seems like God gives us nothing. But this is the promise we have in Scripture, that if we pray to God, he hears us. And if we know that God hears us when we pray, which we do through our scripture and, and through knowing who God is, the nature of God, we know that he hears us. Then wouldn't we also know that he would give it to us because he's all powerful and all knowing if it were good for us? This is why I love the, the quote from Martin Luther, because it's not that we would feel uh, we, wouldn't dis we would despair if we're not getting what we pray for. But he says, you should have faith when the complete opposite of what you prayed for happens to you. You should have faith that, you know, you're praying for a job promotion and you get demoted because, hey, God heard your prayer and He knows what's best for you. He hasn't forgotten about you and He hasn't ignored you. He hasn't stuck His fingers in His ears and gone, la, 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 because God hears you when you pray. So our faith should be strengthened when we're praying for something and God moves us in a different direction because we should have faith to know that God is saying, I've got something better for you. What's nice for us isn't always good for us. And so I thought, why didn't Jesus teach on this? And then I realized he did. He did teach on prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, it's, it says this, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. I'm still looking in that verse for the Tesla and I can't find it. Listen, listen to the, the order of his prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He sets God up as king, right? Because that's how we pray. We pray in the new kingdom. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The most important thing to Jesus in his prayer was this, that God's will would be done and that his kingdom would come. I wonder what it would look like in our prayer if our most important thing that we prayed for would be, God, your kingdom come. The Holy Spirit's going to intercede for it anyway, but how would that change our faith? How would that change our outlook on a situation when what we've been praying for, the complete opposite happens? And you know, sometimes I think we need to intercede for something and we need to continue to pray for something until we see breakthrough. But sometimes I think that God just says, I've got something better for you. And we need to be okay with that. And then he goes on to say, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. You know, he doesn't say, give us all the lavish things that we want, but just give us what we need, our daily bread. Now, after he asks, you know, God, would your kingdom come and your will be done? He says, and give us what we need to continue on. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know, I think that the weakness that Romans 8 talks about, uh, remember it says, likewise in our, uh, sorry, it says, likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Uh, you know, I, I think that weakness can often be for me in my life a temptation. 
It can often be something that I'm tempted by uh, and, and perhaps with the best of intentions. You know, sometimes I'm tempted uh, with the idea of having a large bank account. You know, that's, that sounds amazing. There's nothing wrong with that. But when that becomes the item of my prayer, you know, the, 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 the apple of my eye, so to speak, and not God's will for my life or his intentions for my life, it becomes this, this thing that I'm praying for that I shouldn't. And the Holy Spirit running intercept on that and going, you know, God, he wants a big bank account, but you know what I think would be better for him? A little bit of patience. And, uh, and then throwing me in the deep end with that, you know, we should, we should consider that a blessing. How blessed are we when God doesn't answer our prayer the way we think he should? Isn't that a thought? You know, I want to finish off by reading uh, the verses that precede this verse that we've been reading in Romans 8. It's in verse 18. It says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Then through to verse 22, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. You know that word groaning? It basically means in silent prayer. Groans of silent prayer. That's, how the, that's what the Greek word means there. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, not hope that is seen. Sorry, now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. You know, I think this is a great lesson on how we could adapt our prayer life to fit the kingdom of God. Because when we live in the kingdom, it's almost like there's no, there's no wrong answer from God, right? I mean, how could God give us a wrong answer anyway? Uh, but when we pray and things don't go our way, man, we're blessed. You know, we're, we're blessed when we go through suffering because imagine what God's preparing for me and he knows what's best for me. And I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory of God. You know, right now we're, we're in lockdown, obviously, and that's why I can't be with uh, my church at Mountains and we can't be with each other in person. And uh, that's really disappointing. And uh, I wish we could, uh, but, you know, we, this is the time that we live in. And I think about that and the sufferings of this present time are not even worth comparing to what God has prepared for you. And it, it feels like suffering right now and, you know, in a lot of ways it is, but it's not worth comparing to what God's got for you. So continue to pray for things, but let your prayer be this. Don't let your prayer be, God, would you give me this? Let your prayer be, God, would your will be done in my life? And if it's your will that you give me this, let it be that. And if it's your will that I don't, I don't get that thing that I'm praying for, let it be that too. Because if God's will happens in your life, it's the best thing that could happen. And I hope that you continue to pray that Holy Spirit would always run intercept for your prayers. You know, a, a friend of mine, a pastor, used to tell me, uh, he said, tell me, if you have a yes in your spirit to God, he'll make sure that you go in the right direction. Don't be fearful about praying for the wrong things or moving in the wrong direction. God will close doors if you are happy for him to close doors for you. And he'll open doors if you're happy for him to open the doors for you. And God knows what's best for you. I challenge you this week, rather than feel oppressed or you know, despairing about what might not be going your way in your life, would you just thank God for the situation that you're in right now? 
God doesn't put us there on accident. The, the, Bible, the Bible says, if, you, if you're being tempted, don't say God is tempting me. You know, if, if we're going through something that is hard or something like that, don't go, oh, God's just tempting me or God's making this more difficult than it needs to be for me. But thank Him and go, God, I thank you because this is part of my journey on the way to your will for my life. What if we transformed our prayers to be something more like that? We transformed our prayers to say something more along the lines of, God, whatever your will is, even if it feels sucky at the time, let it be done. I think that if we change our prayers like that, maybe it would change the way we have faith in what God's doing in our lives. He might answer the prayer you want him to, exactly how you want him to do it. It's pretty rare that he'll do that. Uh, Often he'll answer our prayer in a way we didn't see coming. Perhaps it's completely opposite to what we asked for or just in another way. And sometimes he seemingly just doesn't answer it. We need to be okay with that. Remember, God hears our prayers. He knows exactly what's best for us and he actually loves us. So I don't know why he wouldn't give us what's best for us. He's completely powerful and he's completely loving. Let me pray for you, church. Well, God, we just thank you so much that you run intercept on our prayers. You know exactly what's best for us. You don't worry about what we want or, or pleasing every desire of our heart, but God, you know exactly what would be best for our lives. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd continue to do that through every selfish prayer that I pray or, or any time that I'm praying something that's not aligned with your will. God, I pray that you wouldn't answer those prayers, but instead that you'd change them to be prayers towards your will. And God, right now, we just pray that your will would be done in our lives and in our church's lives, in our city's lives, in Australia's life. God, whatever your will is during this COVID season for our families and our jobs and all that kind of thing, would you let it be done? after the shifting of all of these sands and everything that's going on, God, would your will be done in our lives, we pray. And God, I pray that you'd remind us to consider ourselves blessed when what we prayed for does not happen because we know that you know what is best for us and that you hear our prayers. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Well, have a great week this week, church. We're so looking forward to being together soon. And uh, hopefully we have some more details on that soon about what's coming up. Uh, But in the meantime, please continue to love your neighbours, love people that are around you, be the light in your community, and continue to pray that God's will would be done in your life during this season. Have a great week.